0: you're right beside me. That is all that matters. So you'll never leave me. You said that you won't forsake me. And you're right beside me. That is all that matters. Yahweh Covenant Keeping God Yahweh Covenant Keeping God And you are Covenant Keeping God You are Covenant Keeping God Yahweh covenant keeping God Yahweh
1: Father, we thank you today for this time in your presence. Thank you for this hour of impartation, this hour of instruction, this hour of sharing in the word of God and sharing in the principles that you've given us on leadership. Now Lord, we thank you that this is a new day, it's a new season, new opportunities are before us. We thank you for the fullness that we perceive in our lives and for all that your purpose for us as a collective. Now, Father, we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that as we lean in for wisdom and instruction, for guidance, that as we lean in, Father, you said if we draw near to you, you would draw near to us. Meet us in our need for development. We ask that you will expand our capacity to lead more effectively. Father, help us as a collective to become more and more selfless in our leadership. Father, we know that leadership is not about a position or a title or who we're over, but who we are responsible for. So we ask that you would help us to take up the mantle of responsibility for leadership. Father, help us to lead in season and out of season. Help us to be an example at all times, an example without excuse. We ask, Lord God, that you would guide us today through our time of impartation and instruction and be magnified. And all that is imparted today, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Somebody give the Lord thanks and praise this morning. So good to see you all, amen, for our time of leadership impartation, amen. Wasn't that an amazing fast this week? Yes, God. My God. It, it went quickly. I think that was the fastest week of <laughs> fasting. I. And it's not because we're getting old. But it just seems that time has been sped up or something. Because it just, it went very, very quickly. Very great time of prayer and connection on last night as well. First Corinthians chapter 9 in your Bibles. Amen. I want to share a fruit, a few principles with you today from this subject. Adaptive leadership. Somebody shout adaptive leadership. adaptive leadership. Amen. Adaptive leadership. First Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 through 23. Is where we're going to focus our time today. Paul said in verse 19, though I am free and belong to no one. I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. He Said in verse 20, to the Jews I became like a Jew to win the Jews. And to those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. Okay, two points as we open up our time of impartation. Number one, The proper use of freedom is servitude. (laughs) The proper use of freedom is servitude. Somebody shout, I'm free to serve. You know, it's only only a wrong mindset that makes us think we're losing, losing something serving others. Matter of fact, the victim mindset makes us think that we are losing something in our servitude of others. Somebody shout out, I'm free to serve. I'm free
2: to serve.
1: You know, I I know I gave you all this example, I've given it to you before, but you all have changed, so I'm gonna give it again. (laughs) Even the ones who are here have changed. It's amazing, I'll share something uh, the third time and they're like, oh my God, that was the most awesome revelation. I'm like, you was in the room two times I said it. (laughs) But if you all remember I have talked about the the beauty of the second mile. Jesus said if someone forces you to go one mile, we are to do what? Go two. Tell somebody to go two. Amen? Now why? Because if you understand the culture of that day, the Roman oppression of the Jews, they understand that it was law That if a Roman was coming along your way and they had their armament, Mm -hmm. Under law, you had to carry their gear for one mile. Somebody said it was the law. So Jesus said, if they, if somebody forced you, and so He's speaking in a very common practice. He says, if somebody forced you to go one mile, go two. And the reason Jesus said go the second mile is because your freedom is in the second mile. Right,
3: right, right. Yes. Oh my God. Right.
1: You go the first mile because somebody's forcing you to. You go the second mile because you're free to go. Right, right. See that? And so what he was enforcing is that your freedom is in the second mile. Wow. Got, somebody shout, my freedom, my freedom is in the stretch. It's in the stretch. Y'all got that? It's, it's, it's when I'm going way beyond what's required of me. Oh, my God. That's when I'm free. Oh, hello, somebody. Y'all yeah, remember I told you go to work and ask your boss for more work.
2: <laughs>
1: That's when you're free. You realize how many people got promoted because of that one little tidbit of advice I gave. Had people got promoted and advanced in their careers because of that one little piece of advice. Go to your, go to you go to your boss and ask for more work. Why? Because somebody shot my freedom is in the second mile if you will only do as much as ex- expected of you you're not leading
2: yeah.
1: yes. oh god if you only do barely enough to get by you're not leading wow. looks like something that's not leadership possible <laughs> see because leadership is not about maintaining the status quo it is about shifting things to the next dimension y'all got that leadership y'all heard me say this before leadership is about Taking people from something to something. Y'all got that? So everything about leadership is forward thinking. Say forward thinking. Forward thinking. And forward reaching. And forward reaching. Everything about leadership is about taking people to what's next. Does that make sense? I've often said that if people don't want to change, they don't need me. Talking with somebody one time, they said, this conversation to make me uncomfortable. I'm like, thank you. Because <laughs> that way we know you're growing. If this conversation is not making you uncomfortable, I'm a waste of your time. Isn't that right? And that's another part of leadership is having difficult conversations at just the right time. Y'all got that? Tell somebody, don't you dare leave people in their comfort zone. Oh, come on, tell somebody, don't you dare leave people in their comfort zone. Everything about you should stretch the people around you. Oh my God. Everything about you should stretch the people around you. Y'all got that? Without your force, but the force of you. Oh my, y'all did not hear what I just said. Listen, I tell me it's not control, but your life is putting pressure. Y'all did not hear what I just said. Your life is putting pressure. People want to get better just because they work with you. Oh, come on somebody. Nothing about you leaves anything the same. Isn't that right? That's what it means. That's how you really know that you're having a leadership impact is that people want to get better just because of you. Y'all got that? So the proper use of freedom is servitude. Say that with me. The proper use of freedom is servitude. Somebody shout, I'm free to serve.
2: I'm free to serve.
1: Think about how free Jesus was, knowing he was God and washing feet. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. God doing the most menial task in the whole house. You gotta be free to do that. You got that? You gotta know who you are to do that. You see that? Because it always comes back down to meeting the basic need. And sometimes we get busy doing so many things, we're not meeting the basic need of people. Y'all got that? So the proper use of freedom is servitude. Here's the next key. We're going to verse 19. 1 Corinthians 9:19. 9, the proper use of authority is ensuring the well-being of other people. Authority is not about being in charge. When you become the boss, will you know what to do with it? Oh my god. I want you to ask your neighbor. Say neighbor, Amen. what will you do, will you do? When, you do you when you can do what you want to? Now I just want to be free for ministry. Man, if God did give you enough money enough money to not have to work, ministry will never see you. <laughs> Hello somebody. Because if you won't do ministry on your off day, you won't do ministry with all your days. Oh, come on, I just want to be in full-time ministry. God can't count on you to get up to pray. People need to stop playing. Does my God know you? So what will you do when you can do what you want to? When you can do what you want to, will you make it about other people? Y'all got that? Because authority, if you understand the proper use of authority, it's about ensuring the well-being of other people. Y'all got that? It's about, Somebody shout it, this it's about who I'm responsible for. <laughs> <laughs> Write this down. Will I use authority to create quality of life for others? Oh, come on. That's what, that's what leadership looks like. Will I use authority to create quality of life for other people? You know why I, I think The reason that this is on my mind so heavily right now is that I walked in the bathroom and saw Nelson Mandela in front of the urinal. And I got to thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have a Nelson Mandela in the men's room, all right? Some of y'all didn't know that because y'all don't go in the men's room, okay? But I got to thinking about the plight of the African nation. Now, think about how rich Africa as a continent is. Yeah. How abundant the resources are, right? There really is no lack in Africa.
3: No,
1: I'm, I'm going to say that again. There really is no lack. What if I told you Africa is richer than America? Yes. It really is. You know the problem with Africa as a, as a, as a nation of nations, you know what it, the problem really is? How people in power use authority. That's what it's all about. Somebody, right, somebody is always trying to stay one up on somebody else. Oh my God. Look at somebody telling tell them, one upmanship is never the proper use of authority. Trying to get ahead of others at all costs is not a proper use of authority. Wow. Trying to make others look bad to make yourself look good is not a proper use of authority. Yeah. That's good. You got that? And so I'm thinking about, I was <laughs> standing there at the toilet thinking about the condition of the African nations. Maybe it's cause I sold a seed in the African missions this, this week too, I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking about where my money went. Now I'm just kidding (laughs) But the point I'm making I really want you to get That even though the the continent is rich The people are not Mm -hmm. And the only reason the people Are not able really to share in what God gave them As a nation of nations Mm -hmm. Is because of who's in charge Um, Think about that Because of who's in charge Y'all see that? Think about Haiti, another nation. Billions and billions have gone into Haiti. Y'all got that? Billions and billions have gone into Haiti. Y'all got that? Everything needed to change the condition of the people has is either there or has been through there. And it never did because of what? Who's in authority? Come on, ask somebody, what will you do with authority? What will you do when God gives you the ability to do whatever you want to. So Paul said in verse 19, though I am free and belong to no one. See, that's the basis of servitude is you got to be free to serve. Y'all got that? People who serve and are not free to serve complain about serving. Oh my God. Let me show you a slave serving. Where are all the leaders at? (laughs) Ah! That's a slave servant. Oh, my God. That's a slave servant. That's somebody that don't get it. I'm here. I'm just here to help. Y'all got that? Your example, if you, serve, if you have a great, how many of you that, that you have the kind of spirit about you that if you just start doing it, people will come around you and start doing it with you. Yes. All right, you, then you get it. Then you get it. You understand. See that? But I just said an example people to show up. Right? Because there are people, they may not like, some people, they might not like what's gotta be done, they like, they like you enough to do it with you. Y'all did not hear what I just said. They may not like what has to be done, but they like you enough to do it with you. Just like, that's leadership oh god help me so now y'all be given a very difficult task at work that nobody wants to do but everybody's glad to do it with you right one person's influence right. can cause a mountain of work to become fun um, right. one person's influence and their attitude does my attitude matter? <laughs> Why? Because it sets the tone of an atmosphere. Make sense? Though I am free and belong to no one, I made myself a slave to everyone. Y'all got that? So so watch it now. Here's Here's another way you know you're not free when you serve, right? I feel so used. I have made myself a slave to everyone. Hello, somebody. Look at somebody tell me, I don't feel used. I feel relevant. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm a meaningful part of what's going on. That make sense? I'm playing my part. I'm functioning according to my capacities. So I don't feel used, I feel relevant. I feel like I'm needed, but I don't feel like I'm being used. Y'all got that? That's a person that's not free to serve. He said to win as many as possible. To do what? Win. Now watch this now. The person that's free to serve gets the bigger picture. See that? In order to serve the present context, you have to get the bigger picture. See, I get the bigger picture. So see, this is bigger than what's going on with you and one person. (laughs) See that? but the enemy will get you locked into this one person's sentiment. They don't like me, sissy. <laughs> they don't like me. Tell somebody this is bigger than that. Yeah. Wherever you are, it's bigger than that. Yeah. And normally, the enemy will highlight somebody's difference or indifference with you in order to distract you from being effective where you in your environment. Yeah. Tell about the devil's trying to punk you out of your promotion. Oh,
2: wow.
1: <laughs> He's like, ah, it's like, it's like He's trying to punk you out of your promotion. So you gotta, listen, we're not what? Ignorant, Ignorant. of his,
2: device.
1: devil, I know exactly what you're trying to do. And I, I'm not gonna be moved from my posture of servitude. Y'all got that? I get the bigger picture. And this is not about me and somebody who, I remind them of their mama. This ain't about me. Somebody said there's something bigger going on. Now, wherever you are, there's something bigger going on. Your job is to perceive the bigger things so you can commit to the lesser things. Y'all got that? So freedom, why is this now? Freedom is how we put others first. Say freedom, freedom is how I put other people first. Say I'm free to put other people first. Does that make sense? It's like when somebody, you, know, you see somebody clamoring to get ahead. Listen, why don't you go ahead and go before me? Clearly,
2: this be something to you
1: ain't gonna mean to me. You know what they do there? That's all right, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) False humility. Y'all got that? Freedom is how we put other people first. Write this down. Those who put themselves first are in bondage. Oh my God. Those who always put themselves first are in bondage. To what? The fear of loss or the fear of neglect. Y'all got that? Say, somebody shout, I gotta be free to put myself last. That's what actual freedom looks like. Does that make sense? All right, though he were God. He thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a servant. Y'all got that? Now, how could he do that? He was free. He was in bondage to no one. That's how he could do that. All right, verse 20. Paul said, to the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law. So as to win those under the law. Y'all got that? Somebody shout adaptation. Adaptation. Now, let's talk about adaptation as a leader. When I talk about adaptation, the conversation of adaptation is meeting people where they are and accepting them as they are. Come on, somebody. Meeting people where they are and accepting people as they are. Does that make sense? You know, for example, you should have no expectations of a sinner. Oh my God. Matter of fact, you should not have any religious expectations of a sinner whatsoever. You got that? And and it is not your assignment to express disdain for them in your encounters with them. Look at somebody and tell them, be nice to nasty folk. Why? Because your niceness is part of your witness. I want to tell you about Jesus, because clearly you going to hell. That is not a strategy. That is, that is not a proper strategy. You may mean well, but nobody getting saved on your watch.
2: This might,
1: that ain't gonna work. But now, but now, now, you pay for their grocery. You may have a way in. You got that? The prostitute just getting off work, just picked up her kids, right? Pay off, pay for the grocery. That may give you a way in. Oh, hello somebody. Just being kind. Does that make sense? Meeting people where they are and accepting them at you know what happens when you accept people as they are, right? It shocks them. Especially if they know you're a believer. Oh, it shocks them. I can't even believe you talking to me. Mm -hmm. See that? But that's because dealing with you is a no-judgment zone because you know what the mission is. I'm just here to seek and to save that which is lost. Mm -hmm. Y'all got that? Now, the truth be told, right? I've been the whole you be now. All right, move on. Hello, somebody. I was just a sophisticated hoe. <laughs> I knew how to get my bills paid and maintain some dignity. <laughs> Hello, somebody. You did it in the bar. I did it with a boyfriend. Same hoe. Ho, ho, ho. Now, in order to meet people where they are in order to accept them as they are you have to know where you are in the equation oh god you got to know where you paul said i'm not under the law right so i'm not using rules as my reference point for dealing with people oh my god or myself i'm using freedom because i know that freedom births freedom
2: oh
1: my god so, come on say it with me freedom births freedom you know why some people don't get saved under some of our watch? Because we don't seem to be happy to be saved. Hello, somebody. If you say you ought to have joy. You ought to be great to be around. Does that make sense? You know, I think back over 20-some years ago and some of my employees from the companies that I ran and they gave their lives to Christ. And to this day, I run into them. They're like, you are the best boss I ever had. Right, and I was saved. I was a Christian, right? But I was fun. Yeah. Y'all got that? The, the, a true story. They had issues. They wanted to work with me, but my managers would call me and say, "Hey, I don't have any work. to work second, second shift. Do, uh, uh, do you know anybody like? Just call so and so. Y'all yeah, call them. They don't. They, they got stuff to do today. I said, "Let me call them. Yeah. I call. Hey, can you go in and work with so and so? Oh yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> It's because you the boss It's because I'm nice (laughs) People actually want to work with me (laughs) Good to be around Hello somebody But now they would come in to work And they would have baby mama drama And boyfriend drama And they want prayer And I pray with them I pray with them They got stuff going on Just pray with them Y'all got that? Y'all know Jesus never passed out An application for people to get prayer from him Right Make sure y'all marry before I pray for y'all. Jesus never feel made people feel an application to pray for them. Make sense? Just being God's influence. You Tell somebody, be something people will remember
0: for the rest of their
1: life. Oh, look at somebody, tell them, be somebody people will remember for the rest of their life. If you can be easily forgotten, you haven't been relevant at all. Right. Y'all got that? You can be easily forgotten. You have made an impact. But if you made an impact, everybody remembers you because they remember how much your life pushed your life in a positive direction. Does that make sense? And you, now watch it now. All of this I'm talking about, this requires intentionality. Ask somebody, do you know what you're doing? Does that make sense? And I'm not gonna get into stewardship of influence, but you can't be good at this if you don't know what you're doing. Amen? Amen. You know, my employees would try to call in sick to work. All like, right, come on in. I'll pray for you. Yep. All right, they get to work, right? i lay hands on them. Next thing you know, they're running around like they never even, like, you forgot you're sick, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm good now. That's a true story. Pray for them, and they go right on to work. I figure the anointing work at work, too. Oh, somebody: does does your anointing work on your job?
0: Oh, hello, somebody.
1: Some of us, it don't work unless you're at the pulpit. It don't work at all. (laughs) All right? Now, when I was thinking about adaptive leadership, because I knew I'd be discussing this today, and, you know, our our study uh, in the chronological right now brought up uh, 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 you know Moses and Joshua and that whole scenario, and and that what we read today fit right into my lesson, so I put it in here, right? So I want you to think about Joshua for just a moment, right? Remember the Amalekites came against the Israelites. Who did Moses send? Joshua. Joshua. Why is it now? So Joshua was a warrior that Moses could send to battle. But I remember when Moses went up on the mountain to meet the Lord, who went with him? Joshua. Because Joshua was also an armor bearer that served the man of God. But then when it was time to go into the land and spy out the land, who Moses sent? Because he was also a CIA operative. Here's the point. Joshua became whatever Moses needed so that Moses could become whatever God wanted.
2: I'm going to say that again.
1: Joshua became whatever Moses needed so that Moses could become whatever God wanted. Tell somebody, that's adaptive leadership. That's adaptive leadership. I'm not stuck in one mode. I will shift to meet the needs that God has given my leader. So that my leader can meet the needs that God has given him. That's adaptive leadership. Y'all got that? That's what adaptive leadership looks like. He was willing to become whatever. Y'all see that? Nice. That's another reason God chose him to be most successful. It's because God knew he was flexible. Listen, to lead flawed people, you have to be flexible. Oh, God help me in this place. Y'all read it, the Israelites were complex people. They were never satisfied with anything. Y'all got that? So in order to lead you know, people with this many issues, you got to be flexible and adaptive. You see that? And that's what God found in Joshua was that he was flexible and he was adaptive. Yes. I, I love what you just pointed out because I'm talking the Joshua generation uh-huh. pertaining in the connotation about being next. But I never heard the one that I actually exemplified that it meant to serve your leader in a capacity the way you'll be able to take them to the he next level to the as you become the next. And I think that's needed. It, that need to be, it, it, it needs to be communicated, man, because I see everyone's talking about the next. But the process for the next was necessary for the next. A lot of the connotation of Joshua generation is I just want to replace the people that are leaving. I'm trying to get you out of the way so I can do what I feel like God told me to do. Hello for No no honor. No servitude, no honor, no stretch, no commitment. Do a study on how long Joshua served Moses. Look, somebody tell them there is an anointing for the second man. Y'all got that? Tell you another reason that Joshua did not come into leadership of the people until the exact moment he did. He wasn't ready. He was ready. Right. He was ready. That's the other side of the conversation. Trust my God know when you're ready for it. that makes sense. And he did nothing to push himself ahead. He did nothing to make himself look better than other people. Y'all got that? All right. So Joshua would become whatever Moses needed so that God could be whatever so that Moses could be whatever God wanted. Verse 21. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free of God's law, but I'm under Christ's law. So, as to win those who are not, uh, win those not having the law. Somebody shout, I'm under Christ's law. law. What is Christ's law? What is it? Thank you, Jim. Love. Christ's law is love. Christ's law is love. Once you get love, you don't need rules. Once you get love, then you ain't standing there going, let's see who Paul to be doing this today. But technically, this ain't even my turn. It's <laughs> Once you get love, you just meet the need.
2: Yeah.
1: Set the example. Yeah. And then you, you birth people just like you. Wow. You can never birth people just like that if you won't just lock in being like that. But eventually, you'll birth people just like you. Selfless. Who get servitude? Who get the bigger picture? But tell somebody you got to be that without complaining about being that. To the weak I became weak to win the weak. I become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I might do what? Save some. Look somebody tell them my mission is clear. clear. Y'all see that? Save some is the mission. So all of this that i'm doing is about the mission y'all got that so i'm not getting caught up in everything everybody else got going on i'm locked into the mission i get the bigger picture that make sense and here's something else when you get this right servitude when you really get servitude you're not complaining about who's in charge How can you be re- promoted if there's no replacement? Good point, isn't it? How can you be promoted if you intimidated with your replacement? K- killing your replacements and wondering why you can't get elevated. <laughs> Y'all got that? You know, I, I've had people that, right, they claim loyalty, right, when really what they were able to do is run everybody else off. I'm going to be here with you. Yeah, because nobody else can work with you. Ah. Yeah. You're the reason I ain't got no help. Yeah. <laughs> Choose her. Remove them. It's like a whole team now. I
3: yeah.
1: saw our hand. Yes. Um, and
3: that, that servitude, that's what I was talked about last night with and one of my um, members from the, the church I was. Mm-hmm. And she said, you don't miss teaching and preaching. And I said, well, my focus now, what we teach. At my church, is that servitude is first. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about me preaching in the pool pit. I said, for one thing, my spiritual mother stripped that from us. She said, It's enough street corners to go preach on. You, you don't have to fight over the pool pit. And then now, <laughs> that's still the deal. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about getting those in I am part of a body that's pushing forward being a pecan and being affected in that community. Me and the pool pit isn't matter to If God to use
1: me in that capacity. I'll shift and go there. But it's so many things to do in the community yeah. and in the world.
0: I don't need to just stand up to the
1: for. Yeah, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. And and that that's reflective of also discerning the season that you're in. What is this season about? You got that? We we uh, that's another part of being adaptive. Is God? What do you want from me now? What do you want from me now? And I'm willing to become whatever you want from me now. Where, has, where is my center of influence? You know your center of influence shifts from time to time.
2: Yeah. And that's
1: one of the ways that you know it's time to do something else because your influence has shifted to another place. And you got to be able to discern that because if you don't discern that, you can undermine your own progressiveness. So that's good. Modi.
4: I'm having influence and influence. Yes. Right. So now I have people who preach and teach all over, reaching out to me for like counsel and stuff. I'm like, I can't, but I have to be so content with not wanting the
2: limelight
4: like, yes. because now God is going to take me to the background, and I have to be proficient there. So you got to know when God is shifting your season and not be emotional. Oh God, I ain't been seen no more. I can't talk no more. It's not about that. You got
3: to move with what God wants you to
1: do. Yeah, and and every shift exposes. Yeah the things in us that really are not right about where we were. Come on somebody, ask somebody, what did that experience mean to you? Oh, come on somebody. Was that making me somebody? Am I now nobody that I don't have that? Does that make sense? You know, and and really, when you get this, you can go into, oh my God. You can go into any environment and be effective.
0: Anybody know what I'm talking about? When you really hear what
1: I'm talking about, you can go into any environment and be effective. Isn't that right? Absolutely. All right. So let's I'm gonna give you some uh look at verse twenty three. I thought I saw another hand. Was another hand up? It's me again. It's, it's me again? <laughs>
3: To come back now, you got the education, you uh, uh, have all this teaching, so you could come back now and can make a difference and turn the house of God upside down. She said, so you need to pray so God can confirm that. And I said, well, I think I, I need to pray and ask God to hear that, <laughs> he has to told me that. So they watched the graduation and everything, so they said, oh, now oh, no, she can come back.
1: Wow, hey. Hey. that's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing, huh? <laughs> you know, They're they fishing in their <laughs> They can't do that, can't they? They can't do that. <laughs> Verse 23 Paul said, I do all this for the sake of the gospel that. I may share in its blessing. So I'm gonna give you some keys as we wrap up on adaptive leadership. So what what does it take for me to be a more adaptive leader? Number one, clarity, clarity. In order to commit to the object, in order to commit at the level we need to commit, that was our word for last night, commit. In order to commit at the level we need to commit, the objective must be clear. Somebody shout the why must be apparent.
2: The why must be apparent.
1: You know, in any, if you're going to make a difference in any environment you go into, you got to know the why. You got to know why God has you there. You got to know what that setting is meant to produce. You got to understand the variables that, that are associated with your involvement in that setting. Somebody shout, Clarity is the key. Is the key. Does that make sense? Sometimes your job is to help them to clarify. Hello, somebody. Anybody ever went into something that didn't know why it existed? It's <laughs> very quickly, people can leave their defining purpose. And so sometimes yours is to bring clarity in that. Number two, and we already mentioned it, security. Security, all right? In order to be adaptive, an adaptive leader, you've got to be secure. Uh, a hearty and a settled sense of self and personal awareness. Somebody shout, I know who I am. I know who I am. Look at somebody tell them, I'm secure enough to submit. I'm secure enough yes, to submit. Yes. Y'all know secure, submit is not a curse word. That's right. Oh, hello somebody. I'm secure enough to submit. Y'all got that? I want to know who's in charge, right? So I want to know who I'm answerable to. I want to understand their vision. I want to see what their goals are. Because I want to make sure that I collate and coordinate my skills with their vision, their efforts. Y'all got that? I want to make sure that I'm helping to move things forward. See, you got to be secure to do that. Does that make sense? Yeah. And not going in, I know more than the person who is in charge. You suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Serve with that knowledge. Yeah. Serve with that knowledge. You know, I told y'all this before in corporate America, I, one of the things I learned about working in a work environment is that when people put somebody in charge, they know their capacities. So when that person that they put in charge starts exceeding their capacities, you know where they look? Under. They say, that we know Richard was not capable of this. Let's see who's on Richard's yes, team. Sir. And they find you on that team. And then you're promoted because you're the obvious choice. Right. Wow. Y'all got that? But now all you were doing was serving Richard's vision. That's all you were doing and somebody above, because they knew Richard's capacity and that he was outperforming his capacity. Anytime somebody sees that someone is outperforming their capacity, they look under them. Yes. You know how I know that? Because I'm a general manager. I've been a manager all my life. I, I know that this is exactly what people do. Make sense? You know, it's like and whenever I have somebody coming in corporate America or church, or churchianity, and they come and they know more than the person I put in charge, I'm like, yeah, not you. Yeah, I made, I just made a note that it's not you. When things shift, it ain't you. Yeah, that's the note I made right there, it ain't you at all. <laughs> Hello, somebody. And you know what happens every time, inevitably? God will bring somebody else, oh my God, somebody else unaffected, unassociated, and, and it's them. Why? Because people disqualify themselves By trying to position themselves over somebody else. Get one-upmanship and looking better than other people. All right, anyway. It takes security to be an adaptive leader. Number three, it takes sensitivity. Oh, my God. This is one of the most important things I'm going to say today. In order to be an adaptive leader, you have to be sensitive. What do you mean? You have to discern the shifts that are taking place. Oh, my God. You know, before my spiritual father texted me, what he texted me this week, it was a confirmation to me because I sense that there's a shift that's taking place in this ministry, a a shift. Now, there are some things that have come to pass that will reveal that something has shifted, but somebody shout, I know something has shifted. (laughs) Does that make sense? It's for example, I can tell when the scale of our ministry got adjusted in the realm of the spirit. And I'm like, something's about to happen to bear out, oh my God, something is about to physically or tangibly happen to bear out what happened spiritually but I felt so much. I felt it first. So I started preparing myself for it, but I felt it. I discerned it first. So in order to be adaptive as a leader, tell somebody, well, you have to discern the shift. You got to discern the shift. And when there's a shift, here's one question you got to get an answer between you and God. What am I now? Oh my God, what am I now? If, the con- if, the- if this has shifted, right? Then there are new needs. Here's how you remain relevant as a leader: meet new needs. Hello, somebody. See, people think I'm I'm here. I've been here 20 years. Yeah, right. Thank you. But are you meeting new needs? Oh my God! Think of all the people. Oh my God! Yesterday. What's today? Saturday. Yesterday, <laughs> I met with a 32 year old woman in my office who had never heard the gospel. In I'm sitting America. there explaining the gospel. She's like, no, I ain't never heard this. America. Never! Never heard the gospel! Yes. Never heard the gospel! Jesus. You know what that speaks to? Jesus. We got a whole generation of people in the church coming into yes. our church yes. that yes. have dismissed yes. the church at large, but yes. they like us. Yes. Y'all not know what I just said to you. Cause you know what I know about this young woman? She wouldn't joined nobody else's church. That's why she like you. She like you. So you get to tell her the message. But now here's the question. Are you now available for a whole group of people that don't know their right hand their left hand? Ask somebody, are you available again? see that, or you go down with church people, even though church people are different people now. Come on, ask somebody, are you available again? Ask the leader, are you available again for whatever God wants? Come on, ask, you, are you available again for whatever God wants? If, if, if you hello, if you won't meet new needs, you are slowly becoming irrelevant. Then you get mad because you hit fifteen years. For five years, you've done nothing new. Yes, yes.
3: Hallelujah.
1: Y'all got that. And I'm like, never heard the gospel, never read the Bible. Come on. And I'm sitting there like, Jim, I'm like a kid in the candy shop. You come to the Bible study Wednesday night, right?
2: I can't wait to teach you.
1: You from nowhere? She from another <laughs> town. No. She from right here. Right here you right right here in the bay. She like, she from another nationality. No, Negro national. Right, right here in the bay. That's what shocked me too. Right here. I can't see. See, you gotta understand.
0: There's a oh
1: my god. There's a generation coming up now that has spent the last 10, 15 years distracted. Yeah, yeah. That's Wow, wow, wow. Look, know, I somebody right. tell them, the harvest fields are white. Now, why? Yeah. Because God is bringing us the people that have been distracted for the last yeah. 15 years. They yeah. haven't heard the gospel. Yeah. They don't know the beauty of walking with Christ. Yeah. Everything they know about the church comes up as a critique on social media. Yeah. They don't really know what we are all about. And we get to show them God's love for real. Yeah. For real. For real. For real. They have dismissed what they didn't even know. Y'all did not hear what I just said. They completely dismissed what they did not even know. But they like you, they watch, like y'all ain't, y'all ain't like them other, y'all ain't like, true story, I heard this so much, y'all ain't like them other churches. You got that? All right, why you join this church? She's like, this is what she said, it's the way you say stuff. She's like, all that, she's like, I heard, People say stuff but they don't say stuff like you say stuff. Yeah. This is, what you said. And you be giving examples and I like examples. Yeah. Somebody shout what am I now?
0: So what should the equipment look like in this season for the for the leader for the leadership for us, for me, for well, what's the
1: equipment it's on the list.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> yes, sir. The
4: told me last night that we are to pull closer to the nucleus for us to expand. That's good stuff. Yes.
1: Pull closer to the nucleus in order for us to expand. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. All right. So here's what it requires on our part to meet new needs. Here it is, number four, availability. Yes, sir. You got to make yourself available to be used. Yes. Y'all got that? Which means you have to intentionally disconnect from some of these old people you've always been around at the church and intentionally connect to some of the new people so that you can actually impart into their lives. You can't Listen, you only got so much time. Right. So if you always allocated to what you've always known, you cannot be available to meet new needs. I know we get comfortable because now I got church people I trust. And we hang out. And that's it. Ooh, I can go to heaven now, Jesus. No, and God's like, no. You need to become uncomfortable again.
2: Yeah. Oh.
1: Come on. Yes. You got to deal with the awkwardness of creating relationship with people that are skeptical of you. Yes, you're right. Y'all did not hear what I just said to you. You need to lean into the awkwardness of creating relationships with people that are skeptical of you. Why? Because God has brought you into their sphere of influence so you can be an agent of change in their life. Right. Get from around your kinfolk, God, God told Moses, Y'all got that? And now you connected. Thank God you connected. Y'all hang y'all out sometime, but not all the time. Because there's a whole new mission field right in the church. In
3: the church. Yep. In the
1: church. A whole new mission field right in the church. Does that make sense? And I wish I could tell you that was the first 30-something-year-old that I that I had it wasn't. It really wasn't. Does that make sense? I I know I, I some of y'all may have heard me say this, but I had a, a certain person that that been in church been in church 20 years. They're 30-something years old, been in church 20-something years, sitting in my office, right? And I'm asking them. You know, I, basically I said, if I want to be saved, tell me how I'd be saved. They could not tell me. Come on, somebody. They could not tell me how to be saved. They've been in church over 20 years. Y'all got that? They've been singing in the praise team for 20 years. You hear me? You're singing about somebody you don't even know for 20 years. that makes sense? And what we discovered in that conversation was you've never even been born again. Led him to Christ in my office. And now they're talking about, oh, how my life has been transformed. Yeah, because now you've been born again. Born again. Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah. And there's mission field all around you. God's like, you ain't doing it. I'm going to just send them over to you now, right? <laughs> all right. So availability is the way. Here's another one. Number five, Flexibility. Flexibility means bending easily without breaking. Y'all got that? At this point in ministry, you should be able to stand some pressure. Oh, my God. God. At at this point in ministry, you should not be distracted by the attitude that people present. Because normally your assignment, a lot of times your assignment will give you a major attitude. Just to see where you really are. The wow. attitude becomes before comes before the access. Hey, I'm gonna say that again. When they are sometimes, so when it comes to the hardest cases, the attitude comes before the access. If you can deal with their attitude, they give you access. Right.
2: Wow. Right.
1: Yes. Y'all to hear what I just said. Tell somebody, you gotta know the game. I'm gonna say that again. If you can deal with their attitude, they will give you access. But now, you got to be pretty secure to know that whatever this person manifested ain't about you. <laughs> Hello, somebody. You got to be out of audition mode. Look, somebody tell me I'm out of audition mode. I'm not auditioning to be me with you and I ain't got to prove my motives to you. Y'all got that? All I got to do is be me consistently. Does that make sense? All right, so flexibility means that you can bend easily without breaking. Y'all got that? Tell somebody, you ought to be durable by now. Oh God, if you've been in this church over five years in the leadership process, you should be durable by now. You ought, tell somebody, you ought to be able to deal with anybody now. Oh my God. Oh, You ought to be, unless you've been inconsistent, unless you've been missing an action, unless you're taking this for granted, you ought to be able to deal with anybody by now and not be moved by, it. oh my God, and not be moved by any of their antics or any of their attitudes. Somebody. Look at somebody tell them, I am more mature than that. I am more mature than that. Yeah. Y'all got that? Yeah. You see, and, and Prophetess Michelle prophesied a couple years ago, and she told us, I think it was in meeting. she said, the Lord said the prodigals are coming back. Yeah. And sure enough, a horde of them start coming in. Right? <laughs> and the question is, did they find the same problem on your face <laughs> that you had with them when they left? Wow, wow, wow. Hello, somebody. Your, your job was to get the problem off your face before they came back. <laughs> Hello, somebody. Now why? Somebody shout, the assignment had not changed. If you have an assignment in people's life, it doesn't matter what they go through. What matters is that you are committed to the assignment. You ready now? Like you ready now? I, want, I wanted you to know, you know, you know. I had somebody literally, literally had somebody inbox me today, today on the way here. I was mad at y'all. Me talking about me and my family, and I'm like, okay. what's <laughs> But God had to deal with me about it so and so. Like, all right, you ready now? <laughs> Hello, somebody. Yeah. Look, somebody tell them, Mad, don't move me, man, don't move me from my assignment. Man, don't
2: move me.
1: Why would I take a holy and divine thing and reduce it down to your moves that you can't control? If your moves don't serve you well, why would I submit to it? <laughs> Never hand your emotions over to somebody who can't handle their own. Oh, wow. 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 Never hand your emotions over to somebody who can't manage their own. Wow. You got that? I was mad. You over it? Yeah. The assignment hadn't changed. What God brought me into your life to produce, the assignment hadn't changed at all. Change. Y'all got that? Listen, at somebody tell them, none of these things move me. <laughs> Come on, tell two people, by now you ought to be durable. <laughs> ah, oh, by now you ought to be durable or wasting my time come on. They win. They win. Jesus. Number six. In order to be adaptive, somebody shout I gotta come current. Come current. Oh God, somebody shout, I gotta come current. Come current. What do you mean by that? That matter the relationship I've had with people in time past? Doesn't matter the problems you have caused me. Doesn't matter the drama that I've gone through dealing with you. I got to come, hit reset. I have got to come current. God, oh my God. God, what do you expect of me now? Simple as that. I don't refer to my history with you. I refer to my destiny with you. Y'all got that? I don't refer to my history with you. I refer to my destiny just my I refer to my destiny with you I refer to my destiny. Does that makes sense coming current also means listen to me listen to what we am going to tell you right now okay this generation that's now oh my god this generation that is swarming into our church you cannot lead them the way you will live you cannot lead
3: them the
1: way you will live. There were some things that you had to be exposed to in your leadership process, your process of coming up. Right? It's a totally different way of leading this generation. Uh, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. And, and here's something about them particularly: you can't be intimidated by their questions.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. You teaching new members class?
1: You teaching new members class? You can't be intimidated by their questions. Right, right. Y'all got that? Tell us about you gotta be ready to answer
2: (laughs) the hope of everyone
1: that is in them in 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 the book? Peter said, be ready to answer. Moni find it, folks. Peter said, be ready to answer everyone who asks you of the hope that is in you. Tell us about you ought to be ready for their questions. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. You gotta be ready for their questions. You gotta be ready to explain the things that you assert. Right. Make sense? Yes. That takes patience. You gotta be patient with this generation. Yes. That makes sense, you find it? First Peter three fifteen. What does it say? It says, but
4: sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that has asked you the reason of the
1: hope that is in you with mm-hmm. meekness and peace. sanctify the Lord in your heart. The Lord Jesus. is the word, and the word is the Lord. And if you know the word in your heart, then you'll be ready to answer the questions yes. that come up. Because And he said, deal with meekness. What do you mean? Keep yourself under control. Right? You're not defending anything. You're explaining
3: something.
1: Hello, somebody. Y'all got that? But now, if you already walk into a situation feeling resisted in life, you're going to act a fool. But see, because you already feel resisted in life. It's so like there's a anti you everything going on. Right. Now when somebody asks a question, oh God, see, I'm just trying to teach the word. Hey, now you all. Sometimes <laughs> you
0: have to
4: be in get a place to answer things. Out of patience, and she was the most. She was my most difficult patient. My most just a lot from a lot of stuff, and. Um, for six years, you know, actually all her life, she said, "I'll never
2: believe in God. I don't believe in God." <laughs> but you know, what I didn't know was that she watched my life, mm.
4: and she listened to the conversations that I had with my friends. What I thought she didn't hear me. Mm-hmm. She listened to the conversations that I had with my parents, and when she would say stuff, I would always give her a positive answer. Mm. And so, I, she got sick one time, and I asked her. I said what is the one thing that you, you really desire? And she said, I just want some collard greens. And I want, she said, I want some collard greens. I want some sweet potato casserole. She said, turkey, some leg, and I, it wasn't even like around that time. And so um, two of my friends at that attend church here who can cook really well, whose names I won't mention, <laughs> but one of them sitting in the room. And so they got together and they cooked the meal. Mm-hmm. That lady was so shocked at the love that people who didn't really know her
3: came out of their way to cook for her. And she said, I know this is a crazy
4: thing. She said, but I believe in God because of these colored people. Wow. That lady ate that. She loved them. She I ever knew turned their back on me. My family turned their back on me. My kids turned their back on me. But she said, i watched you. She said, I would give you hell. I would throw things on the ground and look at you sideways, and you would never react. She said, I've never seen a person that didn't react. And, and you would just say, hey, beautiful. What you doing? You ready to take your meds? And she would like, it just confused her because I wouldn't respond. Now, I would talk to my accountability partner I was like, this partner's not I but I to respond to her. And I remember when she was getting close to dying, she said to me, My friend said, You know, I'm thinking that we should ask her again now. I know it's been years, just ask her. And I said, Are you ready? And she said, I want to know what God is like. I know I'm old. It's probably too late for me, but I want to go to heaven. I want to see people who might be in heaven. She said, I'm ready. She tell me what that looks like. And I was able to leave, and I had asked God. I said, God, I want, before this lady to die, that was, I knew that was my assignment. I knew it. I knew it. Her family was crazy as all get out. And this lady was sitting on a lot of money, and that's all they were waiting for, for her to die. And I remember saying, I just want this soul, God. If you'll just give me this soul, that's all I want. That lady, I was
1: able to lead her to Christ. In two months, later, she passed. And I mean, and that was like the only thing I ever
4: wanted was for that lady to, to go to heaven. To I said, God, I don't care how she gets there. And when she passed, myself and my workers were the only people around her She allow our family to come. She called her attorney, made some changes in her will and she said, and her family she told her, I don't want them to come. She said, you guys are my family. Mm -hmm. And I remember her saying man, I appreciate your friends and your parents for praying for me. Your friends praying for me. She said, your church I've never seen nothing like that. Mm -hmm. In the last, she, she, they had diagnosed her with cancer and they gave her three months to live. And I told her, I said, you'll trust the God that i serve. You'll live longer than the three months. That lady lived 19 months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I asked the time. They told me. She was able yeah. like yeah. 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 to laugh and experience yeah. life. This lady in the years that I knew her never smiled, oh, never true. laughed. And I saw joy on this lady's yeah. face, and she died in peace. She mm. died in peace. Even though her family were there, and they were going through whatever. She died in peace, and she right. said, "I'm ready to go, and I know I'm going to it. And she said, "I can see it. And I can
2: see it, and I'm ready to go." And she said, "Thank." <laughs>
1: A of representation because I probably Isn't that of something? So, if you, can, if you can get past the attitude, they'll give you access. Oh my God. If you get past the attitude, they'll give you access. That's powerful testimony. Amen. Somebody put their foot in them greens. How beautiful are the feet of those that reach the gospel.
3: Yeah. Who couldn't always greens? Huh? Who couldn't always greens? She just told
1: you. <laughs> yeah, give him some. He need to be saved. I'm trying to lead him to Jesus all this time. That's why I keep him close. I'm trying to get him to Christ. You know, sometimes you walk up, you know. Disney World or whatever, and you see beer is the greatest proof of the existence of God. Now we got another another thing. Collard greens. Sit, man. College greens. (laughs) All right. So, coming current. Somebody saw Times have changed. changed. Now, the message we have, the message doesn't change, but our methods must. Our, Our methods are not sacred. Y'all got that? Wow. We got to connect the people where they are. You know, like some of you need to get over your aversion to social media. Huh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. People want to connect to you digitally. Okay, yeah. yeah. use that. By all means. Paul said, "By I, I became all things. To all men. That by all, listen, yes. Yes, I'm coming after you in technology. Yeah. I'm going to learn how to do this because I'm coming for you. Wow. Does that make sense? Yes. So it's not about what I'm comfortable with. It's about the fact God has given us the greatest opportunity that any generation of the church has ever had. We have the technology to reach the entire world. Y'all got that? Number seven, in order to be adaptive as a leader, you gotta be sacrificial. What do you mean by that? You gotta pay the you gotta be willing to pay the cost for change. You gotta be a sacrificial person. All right. Going out of your way, going above and beyond, doing the extra stuff, doing the stuff you won't get paid for by them. Now, remember, in due season, you reap if you faint not. God keeps a record of everything you do. Y'all got that? Bring me to another point. Never look for your harvest to come exactly from where you sowed your seed. Y'all got that? All right. Number eight, you got to overcome preferences. Oh my God, to be adaptive as a leader, you gotta overcome your, well I like this and I like that. Well, sometimes what God calls you to ain't in the field of what you like. Oh my God. Sometimes it's nowhere around what you like. Y'all got that? But your preferences are normally on the polar opposite end of your calling. And so you have to sacrifice your preferences for the sake of your calling. But that's part of what it means to be an adaptive leader. All right? Uh, number nine, you've got to, oh, this is huge. You've got to rid yourself of all rigidity. Hello, somebody. You've got to rid yourself of all rigidity. Y'all got that? I'm not saying you're stubborn, I'm saying you're firm in places you don't need to be.
2: <laughs>
1: got to get rid of that. That makes sense? Why? Because we want to be useful to God in our generation. The Bible says in Acts 13, 36, I believe it is, David, after he served God's purpose in his generation. Somebody shout, I have a purpose in my generation. Now think about it. Where do you find most of the people in your generation? Technology. I'm sorry, but it's technology. That's where they are. That's what has their attention. Y'all got that? And if technology has their attention, right? Shouldn't part of your strategy and methodology be technology? Y'all got that? Got to get out here. I got to get the Lord's influence in these spaces. Y'all got that? Make sense? All right, and the last thing before I open up for any more questions or comments, all right, in order to become an adaptive leader, write this down. I have to become more understanding. More understanding, more understanding, okay? That's one of the most critical aspects of winning with people is that you have to be a person that wants to understand them more than you want to convince them of anything. Yes. Y'all did hear what I said. You got to want to understand them. Listen to what I learned a long time ago. People who feel understood are more inclined to cooperate with you. Yes. Isn't that right? Yes. Y'all got that? People who feel understood are more inclined to cooperate with you. All right? So we want to be adaptive in our leadership style. That adaptivity, that flexibility, that willingness, will, right? Look at somebody and tell them, I will flex for the Lord. Flex right? For the Lord. That, that willingness to flex for Him is what makes us relevant to Him. Y'all got that? I understand there's a difference between your value and your relevance. Okay? Your value has already been established what? by Jesus Christ. Your relevance is established by your decisions. Oh my God. To adapt yourself to be what God needs in whatever ser- uh, scenario that God has inserted you. Amen. Anybody have any questions or any comments before we wrap this lesson up? Ebony, I see you. Yes, uh, is that Shanika? Yeah, Ebony. So last night,
2: the word about compassion.